Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's DC Movie News. Wonder Twin Powers, activate! Form of a snow cone! Form of iguana! Yes! She did it! Roxy Strife did it! She's a Wonder Twin! And you know, the best part about the Wonder Twins was on the Super Friends, they had a little pet monkey named Gleet, and that was the last cameo in Crisis on Infinite Earth. So much talk about that little monkey! Gleet! Yeah. Little purple monkey. We'll see if we see. Wow. We'll see if we see. Oh, look, people in the chat will know that we had a false start, but people in the future who are watching this recorded will not know that we had a false start. Well, anybody within 24 hours will probably know. Because Ryan in the booth says to me, he's like, uh, before the show, he's like, you know, we're going to cut that cold open to streamline everything. And, and so what happens? What yeah. happens, the Ryan? Fla- in the the booth? flash was too early. I, I came too soon. You came too soon. Too soon. Am I too soon? I was too soon. Oh God! Oh, we're. I gonna... have so many jokes. So many jokes. I know, but you sometimes you have to uh, put fight. aside uh, childish things and and speak as a an, a an adult person. I'm not great at that. Welcome to DC Movie News, friends. I'm Adam Gertler, and I am joined by the crown jewel of DC Movie News, and also my manager, I guess. In a way, <laughs> not in a way, in all the ways. All the ways. Yo, that Schmodown draft pick for real. That was great. I'm so excited. We've got big things to do this year. I feel so excited that I was like your last pick, too, because I'm like coming out of, you know, coming out of retirement, crusty old veteran, like he had to retire because of a back injury or something like that. Big it's news, like, big news. What's that? No, I'm just saying. It oh, was it's big, just in it, general. It was big news. I was excited. What's that? What's that? What? No, no. I'm, that, that's that's so cool. I don't even know what it entails or what it means. But like I said, hopefully, if I can just keep the team fed, you know, keep their brains. Then you're doing your part. Then I'm doing my part. We need all the sausage. Um, we need all the sausage. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about DC movie news and friends. There is a lot. Oh, first. I, did you want to ask me what I was doing last night? I like desperately wanted to ask you that because you just have those eyes of somebody who did something important last night. What were you doing last night, Adam Gertler? Okay, so last night a good uh, chef friend of mine named Bruce Kalman, who was uh, on Top Chef uh, two seasons ago, uh, he has been barbecuing a lot with Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Who I can't explain to you how much I love. Like it's He's in my soul, my bones. And so for some reason, Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters got obsessively into barbecue, which is like... Like my favorite kind of food in the world and something that I also do a lot, which is like low and slow smoking of meats and things. So we're at this benefit concert last night, or I got invited for, it was called Dime Bash in Orange County, benefiting um, a member of the metal band Pantera, Dimebag Daryl, who was killed, uh, I believe, in an accident some years ago. So it was a charity benefit. So Dave Grohl and my friend are barbecuing for the thing. So... The barbecue doesn't start till after the show. It's like 1.30 in the morning, 
And I see my buddy. He gives me a pile of meat this high. I ate all of it. Still full. Was it delicious? It was incredibly delicious. And I'm very picky when it comes to barbecue. Uh, And then my buddy Bruce is like, hey, Dave. Again, Dave Grohl, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Uh, this is my friend Adam, and I kind of like stumble. I'm like, oh yeah, I think you had some of my sausages once. And he's like trying to give me a, a what's up or, or, or a pound, but he's got his gloves covered with meat grease. And then this happens. Oh, thank you. Bless me with the grease, brother. I am anointed. I've just never been as jealous. I mean, I've never been as jealous that as I am in this moment. And I understand that this is not DC related, and I don't care. I don't care. This is like, I can't believe I'm sitting next to you now. Can I touch your face? I've, Can I've, let me touch your face. There's still meat grease on it. Dave Grohl touched that face, and, I, I, and then I touched that face. I mean, he was wearing gloves, but. No. He touched <laughs> through it. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> So cool. Um, so that was pretty cool. So yeah. Anyway, uh, that was not DC related, but I had to share it with somebody. I mean, obviously you had to share it with everybody. The chat is loving that right now. Uh, it's so cool. It's so cool. By the way, guys, speaking of the chat uh, and everybody who is jealous of Adam Gertler, we are live every single Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Today we are up at 2. Uh, thank you guys for waiting on my behalf. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, but we are live on Popcorn Talks YouTube. So if you want to join the live conversation, that's where you go. We're also on all of the places podcasts are. So iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, etc. If you guys want to listen to us and not see Adam's Dave Grohl greased up face, then I guess you could listen on uh, on there. But if you want to see us, come over to YouTube, wherever you are, five stars, thumbs up. I notice that when I remind you guys to do the thumbs up, we get like so many more thumbs up. So maybe just some of you guys aren't thinking about it. Uh, so if you like what uh, Dave Grohl did to Adam, now's the time to thumb to show that you liked it. And, show those thumbs and if you in like support what, of Dave Grohl. If you like what Roxy does all the time. Stick a thumb up it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, thumb it, it up Everybody it. deserves to be thumbed every once in a while. And if you think Ryan was crazy for cutting the cold open and then botching the opening of the show, stick a thumb up it. Stick a thumb up it. Yeah. Stick a thumb up it. Yep, and also subscribe. And like I said, comment after the fact, too, even if you're not watching live. We love hearing what you guys have to say. Um, I always check those out, uh, the iTunes reviews, and here on YouTube. So uh, we really appreciate you guys. You rock. We wouldn't have a show without you. Straight what up. goes from being absolutely shredded by critics to getting 11 Oscar nominations? Shredded by critics? Yeah. You've... Don't think too hard. Don't think too the hard. The Joker. No, I was thinking more broad, just DC movies in general. Oh, huh? Well, I mean, you have Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Justice League, all of which were shredded by critics. Oh, I get what you're saying. And now, um, more, uh, more Oscar nominations than a comic book movie, more Oscar nominations than any movie this year. Joker has 11 nominations. Yeah. And it's and even that is but now you getting... you know what's crazy, Adam? Tell me, tell me this what's is crazy. Why when you, this is why I had to think too hard about it, because... The amount of people, it was so weird. The internet is so strange, and I'm a part of it, so I guess I'm strange. But the amount of people that it felt like were pushing for uh, for Joker to get Oscar nominations. People loved Joker. Joker did incredibly well, both critically and audience-wise. The tomato meter and the audience score are very strong with this one. People seemingly, uh, very uh, the vast majority, with their they talk with their money. People loved the Joker, uh, or just Joker. People loved Joker. 
They loved this movie. They and talked about how they wanted it to get nominated. Why they do I feel about, like there's a butt coming? It's coming because the internet seems to be now peeved that Joker has 11 noms. They're like, we wanted it to get nominated, but not that much. And also, where's, <laughs> where's Endgame's noms? Why is Joker getting 11 noms, huh? And it's like, oh, my God. Of all the thing, mistakes that the Oscars make, that's the one you want to point out? That Joker's nominated too many times? Like, just what? When, when are people going to be happy? It's so strange. I was stoked for Joker. I'm ex- ex- so ecstatic. That they are nominated 11 times. Ryan, real quick, when, if you can, if you can access that list, if you can just go down that list of all the categories that it's nominated in. I can in. give it to you, you right now. You got it right here? Okay, I can, Roxy. I can tell you exactly what they were. You actually and, have it in the thumbnail as well. Yeah, and I can also tell you that there are 11 of them. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Editing, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Score, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Adapted Screenplay. Read them and weep, baby. Wow. I mean, I knew... Okay, so I knew definitely score and actor. I thought Todd Phillips was going to get snubbed. I did not see this coming. And then I thought, you know... I thought cinematography, too. I thought he was going to get four or five. I really did. But this is absolutely crazy. Um, Now... But that doesn't mean it's going to win any of them. Do you think it will win any of them? Yeah, I definitely think that Joaquin's going to win. It feel. I mean, we always talk about this in award season, that sense of momentum. Yes. And it kind of feels like he's got the momentum he's right on, now. He's, he's hot right now. He's, he's got some heat. And I, I really love Leonardo DiCaprio. I love that movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, like, it's... It's just not the same level. Or Adam Driver. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. It's excellent. It's excellent. But I think he was equally as good in the report as he was in Marriage Story. So. I know. As you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I do think he's going to get it. I do think. Do you think Brad Pitt is going to win supporting for? Uh... Possibly. Possibly. People seem to love him love in that him. role. He was too. excellent there. I just don't know. I, I, I'm I'm frustrated, Adam. I'm frustrated. Why are you frustrated? I'm frustrated because what did people want? I, I mean, do I you think, think this is too many noms? I think a lot of it has to do with people thinking Joker took nominations away from women or people of color. I mean, that's because there's always that controversy, and like I'm hearing a lot of like. The women were snubbed, and that might be true, but it's almost like Joker's getting the blame for that, that people just went for... And I don't know why that is, why, well, but, but, it, but it, and am I wrong in thinking that? But I, I don't I know. Like... I think... I, I don't know, because that is, that is true, that the Oscars did make some mistakes, um, and some people who I feel like so, so clearly deserve nominations did not get nominations, and many of those people are people of color or women. But, okay, let's go through it. For, for Best Picture... They are allowed to nominate 10, and they only nominated 9, which shows clearly that Joker bumped nothing because there was an open slot that they did not use. And the way they get to that is like there's a a very complicated percentage thing, right? It's not just number of votes. It's like number of people that voted it as their top choice versus – right. But it means there was still space for another thing, and and which they did not use. So best actor, obviously that did not bump a woman. Right. Because it cannot – um, best director, I do think that Greta Gerwig should be nominated in this category. I do, but I, I think that Todd Phillips also deserves this nomination. Um, and then for some of the other ones, 
I hear I hear people, but I, I don't know. I just everybody wanted this movie to get noms. Everybody was talking about got to nominate Joker, 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 and then there's been so much backlash and heat on it this week. Yeah, I'm looking in the chat roll. People are thinking definitely going to get that win for uh, Joaquin. Uh, for Joaquin. Uh, some people thinking. I saw somebody say 1917 will probably get cinematography and. And Picture. as it should, uh, Roger Deakins. Virgil Kelly. Yeah, and Roger Deakins doesn't, like, have as many wins as he should. Didn't he, like, finally get his first, first one? Right. Yeah, but, like, but he, he's excellent, and 1917 is is incredible. Uh, and deserves to win Best Picture and Cinematography. So, but the broader scope, as it applies to our show, uh, Ryan, feel free to chime in on this. What do you think, I mean, does this just cement the path that DC is on moving forward that like Warner Brothers, I mean, Warner Brothers has been through so much between the Zack Snyder stuff, between um, like uh, uh, Kevin Sujihara stuff, between all the reshuffling and, and all that trying to get what are we doing with DC movies in general sort of back on track. We've, we've had our show during this whole transition and now you have this prestige film, the small film, the film that didn't need to make money has 11 nominations and a billion dollars at the box office. The experiment was a success. So what, what does that mean for DC moving forward? You can't ignore it. You, you can't look at that and say, eh, but we'll never try something like that again. <laughs> right, you, exactly. like th- That would just be silly business. So I think that it solidifies the plan that they already had in motion to make these singular entities that are uh, really powerful and to make movies that speak to that one specific film and not to what they're trying to do over, overall. So I think we'll see more of that. I think it gives um, creators freedom to do a little more. I think that probably the caliber of filmmaker rise is because people want to go over there. They see what they allowed Todd Phillips to do. And if you're a filmmaker, you want to be with a company that allows somebody to do what Todd Phillips did. Yeah, I hope. Th- I just hope as a fan that they take the right lessons from this. And this is always what you hope, right? And it's that- not every movie that now turns into the Joker. Everybody gets an R rating. Every villain gets a movie. Every I get it. It's yeah. more the idea, like, like they did with Watchmen. And of course, we're going to talk about that news about Watchmen season two as well. But it's more just this idea, like when there is an idea there, you know, we saw how colossally this really upset people with Star Wars, where it was like, we got Lucasfilm. We got to start putting these films out on a schedule. We saw Scott Derrickson depart uh, Doctor Strange too. Like, even today with the uh, announcement, people talking about Taika Waititi doing a Star Wars movie, but that's such a rumor right now, and people will be crushed if he's not actually doing one. Like, there's so many rumors coming from the internet of, of changes that happen. Yeah, well, I mean, just because, well, and, and again, you know, Taika doing a Star Wars is almost an example of, like, learning the wrong lessons. It's like, right. just because this one thing works here doesn't mean that it will work everywhere. I think the idea here is that when there's a strong point of view, that's when a film can surprise, and it doesn't have to be just made as uh, as product, right? Yeah, and uh, totally. In general, I do want to say though, uh, frustration aside, and taking the lo- the wrong lessons aside, congratulations to Warner Brothers in DC. Uh, this is a huge, huge moment, and in Oscar history, this is a really big moment. And yes, do I think that um, across the pond, Endgame deserved more nominations than it got? Absolutely. But I do hope that this sets a precedent at the Oscars to really nominate the best pictures, the best performances. And if that happens to 
be something that is a comic book adaptation, then so be it because it is so often overlooked. So I think that this is a, a win for not just Warner Brothers, not just DC, uh, not not just comic book companies, but for the fans as well that were, were being seen and these movies are being taken seriously. Right. So a big congratulations to them. And honestly, congratulations to us. Yeah, and even with regard to Star Wars, which I admittedly, I, I've been a huge Star Wars fan, but I'm not super impressed by the new trilogy. But then you see something like The Mandalorian, which was great. Did you see that picture of George Lucas holding Baby Yoda? Yeah, yeah. That was so cool, right? So it's like the lessons that I need to learn are like, guess what? You have to make the product better. And I think that overall, that's a good thing. Right? Like, we'll get better stuff. So a little interesting tidbit about Joker as well that we just found out before we started the show. I had forgotten. I think I heard it on a podcast like a week ago, which reminded me. Bradley Cooper, who obviously worked with Todd Phillips on three Hangover films, uh, was was a producer of Joker. And then we were just hearing that he was actually very involved in the editing process, too. I don't know what rock I've been living under. Like, oh my god! Uh, Not V Rock, that's for sure. Uh, that would be wow! What a what a big success for this show that would be if I'd been living under V Rock. But um, uh, but yeah, uh, cool. I think that Bradley Cooper is a absolute star, both in front of and behind the camera. Um, so I was I'm not shocked to hear that he was instrumental in this because he makes really smart choices. Um, really smart choices. What's uh, interesting about that article, I think, that we were reading about is that, you know, Todd Phillips, they worked on the Hangover movie, so they have the relationship. But the fact that they have – they had him coming in to look at edits. Like, Bradley was very hands-on, and also they mentioned Joaquin was very hands-on. And a lot of actors don't like to watch themselves. They they all seem to be so passionate about this. It just goes to show, like, they all had such a great vision. Let me give you guys a couple of quotes uh, coming from um, Bradley Cooper, who, like you just said, uh, producer on this. He said, we kept this one pretty close to us. We screamed it more personally for people and filmmakers bradley uh cooper definitely so it must be not coming from bradley cooper probably Mm -hmm. coming from todd phillips then uh bradley cooper definitely came in a couple of times he was a producer on the movie but he definitely watched the movie many times and sat with us we could call him if we got stuck with something and be like hey can you come over and take a look at things he doesn't miss a thing he would watch stuff and he would pick out even some of the smaller things and what are some of the things that he can be picked out for us to address he was definitely a huge help i think he got a lot more experience in editing than most people would realize which is kind of cool that he was really in uh, in the editing scene. Yeah, but not surprising considering like how uh, multifaceted his talent seemed to be. Jeff Growth, I'm so sorry. That's who those co- quotes are coming from. Uh, Jeff Growth. Um, let's talk about something that you know. Speaking of universes colliding, um, it's almost like the TV time universe and the movie talk universe are combining because we have to talk about tv in the movie time honestly this feels like talk about victories for people tv time moving up to uh the third segment of our day you know our, our third news it's story i did this i manifested this i manifested this moment so we're all on one earth now tv time exists in the same place as movie earth time. prime right? we are on earth prime right now and that is why tv time has made has made its way here uh, you're so confused. No. So we get a text the other day. What is this? Monday from Mike Kalinowski. Also, you know, of this show. Oh my God. Crisis. Roxy and I, we haven't watched it yet. No, it must've been Tuesday, right? The 14th. No, it was Monday it? when it was happening. Oh, it was the 14th on Monday. Yeah. Oh. It was all Monday. Um, and so I head home, I watch it. I'm like watching it, you know, enjoying it. It's, it's pretty good. And then there's that moment though. 
then that happens. I think it was Tuesday. Re- what? It was not Tuesday. Uh, right? Fact checking. I'm fact checking. Pretty oh sure my it's god, Tuesday. you guys are all insane. No, I, I'm telling you because I remember where I was when I got that text message. It was a Tuesday. Fact checking. Tuesday show, Tuesday text. It was Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday at 6 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, what... guys, I'm sorry. When I saw it, it was before the Earths were merged. Oh, oh, oh I oh. saw it in a different multiverse, different part of the multiverse. So, sorry. Yeah, we, he did text us, and I was like, oh, no. I, I'm not home. I cannot watch this right now. Like, w- if Mike is sending something in there like that, it must be huge. Also, I had heard from a friend of the show, and I cannot say who, Uh-oh. but a friend of the show uh, told me that um, that friend had uh, uh, read the scripts, and that something that I would never believe was going to happen was going to happen. Okay, but that's confusing because I understand, and are we allowed to talk about what it is? We've already put the pictures up, right? The pictures are up. Okay, so <laughs> um, if anybody was wondering, we were always debating, is Ezra Miller still the Flash? Oh, he's still the Flash. He very much still a Flash. Um, so I had heard that, uh, or at least Mark Guggenheim was was saying that they were already kind of like soft-locked on the episode, and Warner Brothers actually called and said, hey, can you get Ezra in? So I don't think this was in the original script. When he was saying you'll never believe what's going to happen, he mm-hmm. was talking about the end of episode five. Oh, oh, which was the Brandon Routh Superman? Just the entire the oh, table, the, the, the... like, you're never going to believe it. So I was thinking, uh, wow, that's going to be huge. But this was like, talk about stuff that you would never believe. I mean, I, I'm so upset this was spoiled for me. I'm so, not by that person, but by Twitter, because I saw Ezra Miller's name trending and what else could it be about? But honestly, the ballsiness of them to do this in episode four, like 20 minutes in, not even the end. So epic. And did you hear how it happened? Who called who? Oh, uh, yeah. Who, who called who? Movies called TV. Right, right, right. Movies, so they called Google. Movies Guggenheim. called yeah. TV. Can you, can you squeeze Ezra in? Are you for real? So dope. And can I tell you something, Adam Gertler? Yes, Can I please. please tell you something? And I know this is partially TV time, partially movie time, but whatever. Uh, just recalling for the last several years we've been hosting the show together. Am I or am I not a fan of Ezra Miller's Barry Allen? You always have been a fan of Ezra Miller. No! Oh, no, you're not. I'm not! No, I'm a fan of Grant it. Gustin's. Uh, Ezra Miller's... And I'm always telling you that there's no way that Grant Gustin could be the Flash in a movie. Right, right. Which I see and I hear. But I have been a fan of Grant. I've been a fan of Ezra Miller always. I think he handles himself with such grace and poise and is a super nerd and fan, and I love that. But his Barry Allen, to me, has not been good. But you want to know what this is? What's that? This is something that made me think I could see a Flash movie with Ezra Miller and love it. So brilliant marketing move on their part that this is the first time I've ever seen Ezra Miller as Barry Allen on screen and thought, yes, I want more of that. This is the first It was a good moment. scene. It was actually a good scene. It was a cute scene. It was campy. It was fun. It was um, in, like just energy. It felt like it had a lot of heart and light. And it, you are, I am. Just the whole thing. Your suit, my suit. It's a little safer. Yeah. Whatever. Having him interact with Grant Gustin is the smartest thing they could do. Because not only now do I know, the, do I in my mind think, okay, Grant Gustin is giving Ezra Miller his blessing. But I also saw a different side to Ezra Miller's Barry Allen that I was like, I want want this movie so i mean in literally what a minute a minute 
They changed all of my thoughts on Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. That is really, really cool to hear. Also, keep in mind, again, BVS, not very well liked. Justice League, not really well liked. And yet everybody somehow really liked this cameo. Everyone. So imagine if those films were really well liked and they did this. I know. I know. I know. But that's crazy smart that they did this. Um, Really good. So, okay. One of the coolest things about, what about the fact that he says Flash, and because they never said Flash in any of those movies, Ezra gets the idea to be called the Flash from the TV Flash. Unbelievable. That was my favorite part of the whole he thing. He was like, Flash. Yeah. Flash. And, you know, it was it was so out of nowhere, and you just kind of buy it, and they looked great. Like, neither of them looked out of place. Somehow, both costumes were working at the same time. Oh, look at the great picture of them together. Like, that's just... And so, so good. So here's my hot take on the whole thing is like, this is by far my favorite part of Crisis, and it wasn't even in Crisis until afterwards. So, yeah. did I like Crisis? I don't know. I mean, I really liked this moment of it. I, because of this and because of how we end. Um, with all of seeing all the earths, but then also that was so cool. Also the table, the Green Lantern tees, everything. It's for me, Adam. I loved Crisis, but I know that I'm too close to it because it was like th- there's really about six moments in all of Crisis that I think like are so epic. But to me, this is the best crossover that ever took place because of those moments. Like they gave me so many things that I've wanted for so long. That I can't even see, I can't even unbiasedly speak on this. Last week you were just saying, like, we don't know what Ezra's been doing this time. What is that Flash doing? It's like, oh, here's what he's been doing. Like, his whole world has been reordered. Love it. What do you think this implies? For the movie? If anything, for the movie. Well, I think we've talked about how this Flashpoint is, remember last week, um, uh, Muschietti said that Flashpoint is going to be a, a different thing than you're expecting, a kind of Flash, but whatever. I think that we're seeing uh, that there he's going to be a little bit different iteration of Flash. We're going to get um, some time travel stuff. We're going to see what he's been up to. I think that they're, if they're smart, they'll reference this somehow in the movie, like some some kind of some, some kind of or the speed force speed somehow, for, yeah. right? Something, um, and yeah, I think that this this doesn't mean that much except for goodwill. Like I am now going into this movie thinking, yes, yes. It it, it certainly seems like uh, DC feels like on just a winning streak on all fronts right now, for real, for real, like really firing on all cylinders in a way where like listen. Still a Marvel fan, but Marvel concluded their big thing. And they've lost a lot of their creative people. The best Marvel movies have been Russo Brothers movies. We don't have them moving forward. You don't have Scott Derrickson. You know what else just concluded their What's big that? thing? Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. So D- Disney's on a, on a conclusion, and we're on a rebirth, it's for on lack a, of better words. Big, big swings are happening right now. So, so, do you, um, so you could do a Flash where... You don't reference Wonder Woman, Batman at all, or you do with different ones. I mean, the biggest problem we've talked about with, like, the sort of DCEU has been like, all right, well, if those guys all still exist in the same world, how is it Batman's not there and Superman's not there? Is there a way that this kind of thing makes that palatable? Like, now that that DCEU as we know it maybe was was a, was affected by this crisis and, yeah. and that world is merged in a different well, way. Well some of the earths we did not get and I do think it is possible, not plausible, but possible that they will in Flashpoint 
um, reference the fact that the Earths are changed, and we could just get, we might have reference to new Batman. We might, this might be how we wield in our new Batman. Yeah, I mean, the Flash could then go into other different multiverses too, like in the, in the movie. That's what I mean. What? I said plausible. I think it meant probable. Okay. I confuse my piece sometimes. You can fact check that yeah. sometime. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, in general, it, it does, does it make you think that the Flash movie is definitely happening? I do believe the Flash movie is definitely happening. For the first time in a long time, Adam, I believe that Ezra Miller will star in a Flash movie directed by Andy Muschietti. I believe that is true. Oh, okay. Uh, God, did you hear this? That Jay Washington got to see the Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Miller scene months ago at a small party at Berlanti's place? It's not completely accurate. Not completely accurate? Is that apocryphal? But he, may, he may or may not have been somebody I was speaking about earlier in this episode. And oh. it may or may not have been Guggenheim's place, not Berlanti's. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, but wow. maybe, maybe I'm pretty sure he said Guggenheim. You know, but Hollywood yeah. parties used to be so much more interesting, like in the 60s and 70s and stuff. And now this is the exciting parties that you have. Like you just like watch this little scene I got. It's epic. Um, That's epic. Um, but we got to talk about what is coming soon. I want to know Roxy. What you uh, got? Well, first of all, on the last topic, if you're in the chat role, I want to know all you people that were like, "It's not happening." I'll believe it when it happens. Has this appearance? changed your opinion of just whether or not the Musietti 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 yeah. Musietti flash, flash is happening. I want to know has anybody con, 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 converted that whereas you were thinking I'll believe it when I see it like to me this is Warner Brothers saying like oh yeah put our flash out there because he's coming around the pike in a couple more years in 2022 we're getting that flash movie. So um, Sky Patterson in the chat right now I think that Andy Muschietti's The Flash will do flashbacks to the beginning of Barry Allen's Flash and then time jump present day time travel. Um, yeah, we got to see how it happens. I mean, we kind of do need to see an origin. Yeah. I would, uh, like, I that, would like to. That remember. would be pretty crazy. Um, there's a reminder in here from Ivan Soto that since Ezra Miller's Flash isn't a paragon, he won't remember meeting Grant Gustin's Flash. But he is in the feed in the Speed Force. I wonder, I don't know. I wonder how that exactly will happen. Uh, and Black Bantha says, I'm convinced now. Black Rock 316 says, it's going to happen. Um, Real Talk with Celo says Superman Two Sons. Yeah, I mean, so much other stuff happened on Crisis. It's crazy. Crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, we didn't even talk about like uh, the the great Brandon Routh looking like his classic Superman costume at the end. That was great. Little Swamp Thing shout out. Yeah, I love that for you. Timed out with a certain line about like failing. Um, Dick Smoker says I'm more converted now. Sure, why not? that cameo is pretty much a confirmation for me, says Martin N81. So it does seem like a lot of people are at least in a similar camp to me where this now feels like we're moving forward. Andy C says, oh, now it's happening for sure. We are getting a Flash movie. And also, this really jives with those comments. He'll save every one of us. Um, You know, when he was saying it's a different kind of Flashpoint, this makes me think we are going to be getting some real timey-wimey, all kinds of madness happening. All kinds of interdimensional madness with this movie. And I hope it's bonkers. I hope it's yet again something really different. Hey, yo, Adam. What? Speaking of bonkers. Okay. What do you think about the fact that we don't know anything about Birds of Prey? <laughs> we keep saying this. And yes, I like the trailers we saw last week. But here we are. Roxy, is it strange or are we on schedule? It's January 17th. 
So we're, what, about 20 days of the opening of this so film? The movie's opening on February 7th. Math is not my major, so you guys... At uh, this point, <laughs> would we have heard about more screenings? So... Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm in talks with our girl, our, okay. our amazing friend over at Warner Brothers. Oh, yes. I will just give her a first name so nobody uh, lies at Warner Brothers. We are obsessed. Love you, Liza. We are obsessed with you. Um, so the premiere for this is taking place in the UK. So okay, so that's where the premiere is. So we're going to the premiere. Um, I wish that would be amazing. We're going to England, I have, I have baby. To tell you, if we were willing to go to England, I bet we could get to the premiere, which is cool. If we want to. Uh, Fly there ourselves. No, no, they can fly us. Mm. That doesn't have to be first class, guys. No, we'll do business. fine. I'll we'll go do... in cargo. I'm we'll small. Totally... I mean, don't be crazy. Uh, and there are screenings being set. But I, I, uh, I'm feeling more and more positive about this. They are starting to, like, just little inner workings of the scene. Sometimes with these movies, we get a lot of blasts beforehand. And, mm-hmm. like, they've been sending us the trailers. They've been sending us the... Um, the soundtrack, um, they've been sending it like different things to try and hype up. And I feel like this movie might be really effing cool. Uh, it's right now, by the way, talking projections for box office. It's first weekend. It's expected to open between uh, 49 million and 55 million here in the States. Okay. What do you think about those projections? I think those are the most accurate projections I've heard in a long time about a film. I think if nothing happens, that is where their film's going. If the film starts screening in the next couple of weeks and the hype is really positive, for if there's anything that really pushes it over, I think you could be talking about $65 million. But I think even if the reviews or early screenings are kind of lukewarm or mixed, I think on the strength of DC, on, on Margot, on Harley, I think those are super accurate numbers. I think that you are... Right, I would say even if it's if it's getting really great reception because of what just happened with Joker and because of the Margot Robbie effect, I think it could even hit seventy. If I would agree with that, if it, I would like, not disagree. If really we push it, but um, I think if they hit fifty, that will they'll be happy with that. Yeah, but that's the thing. Again, this is a movie with a similar budget to Joker, and you know while the marketing is there, they're not covering everything with the marketing or at least they're saving it like you know we're probably going to really amp up in the next two weeks like we're heading into the weekend right now i i guarantee on monday it is going to be starting the serious push, push. i know um bad boys for life is supposed to open this weekend to huge numbers predicting 70 million for that one because it was awesome you saw it it was, was it really so good? good? Oh my god, that's yeah. so great to hear. I, well, I, I love really, that. I really did enjoy it. Um, just to compare this quickly to some other R-rated comic book films, Deadpool opened to one uh, 132.4 mil. Deadpool 2 had 125 mil. Logan, 97 mil. Joker, 96 mil. Uh, and Suicide Squad, which obviously featured Joker Harley was Quinn. 96 opening weekend? Yep. That's so crazy. Um, and Suicide Squad, which obviously is Harley Quinn's OG film, is uh, 133 mil. Right. So right. that movie is such an anomaly. That's crazy. Well, that's what I mean. It's just so insane that we were going from like Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman. I mean, like people really trouncing DC <laughs> like just a few short years ago. How strange is this to see the sentence on comicbook.com is last year Joker opened to 96 million. It's like last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, totally. It was. 
Wow. Feels like yesterday. Oh, also, speaking of Joker, just while we're on this, um, Joker is back in theaters this weekend. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, the with all of the Oscar stuff, um, more than uh, 750 theaters in North America are going to reopen Joker January 17th. So that is today officially uh, that Joker's just coming back for the weekend. Well, that's pretty awesome. If you want a chance to see it again. Uh, moving on, I believe uh, Robert Downey Jr. promoting Dr. Doolittle, which is uh, getting some serious Saw that one as well. Reviews. Getting serious reviews. Did you have a strong opinion about it? Adam, you know I love things that are awful. Uh-oh. No. Oh, my God, Adam. It did not look good. It, it's worse than it looked. It looked very bad. I don't say this often, but I'm, I so much respect for anybody who works on any movie. It's so hard to make a movie, but holy crap, Adam. Holy crap. Uh, but that's not the relevant part to DC. No, no, no. So, um, yeah, Joe Rogan, I guess, uh, Ryan, you actually heard the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, you want to the full episode. Uh, yeah, Robert so Robert Jr. just, you know, getting a little sentimental about Iron Man, if, he, if he's going to come back or not. And uh, and this is in a few interviews this week. People are asking about, like, the comic book space. And he said he's most excited about Robert Pattinson as Batman and yeah. that he could not be more excited. Yeah, his, his quote um, on Joe Rogan's, uh, the Joe Rogan experience was, I want to see what Pattinson does. I like that guy. Have they worked together before? Or do you think he just likes him like, I like that guy as an actor? I think he thinks he means as an actor. Because anybody that's watching how he's done his career, yeah, it's, it's like... So cool. It's it's just a, it's a master class, yeah, right? Like what he's done, it's been cho- chosen so wisely. Uh, the roles that he's done. I mean, he did that Safety Brothers film, which people really liked a lot, and now the Safety Brothers are, seem like they're and it seems like with, with 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 uncut gems doing so well, even though it didn't get like a lot of Oscar love or whatever. It seems like those guys now are going to be the guys to get whatever budget they want to do whatever they want to do. My advice to anybody out there: if you're a brother, then then you guys should make movies because seems like the brothers are the ones that are i mean literal like siblings um <laughs> they, they did work together on one thing robert Downey jr had a cameo in this movie called love and distrust starring oh. robert pattinson back Good in the uh, job you never know with the cameos though if if you they ever actually were even in the same room and guys this is why negative reinforcement is a good thing you see how like almost like training a good puppy i smacked ryan on the nose at the beginning of this show now he comes back with a white hot intensity of a producer that knows all things quick quick thumbs up thumbs up for ryan uh peter sarsgaard uh who is in the Batman um, has kind of praised the um, attitude, the vibe on set. He compared it to like Pixies shows he used to go to, like this freewheeling punk rock spirit and this youthful energy. Yeah, uh, he says Matt directing this Batman uh, is exciting. The cast is so awesome. It seems different from other Batman movies to me, just with the cast. Uh, which I think we agree with. The cast alone is is very different than other movies have been in the past. There's something about it uh, that has an edge. It's young. To me, just my perception of it, it reminds me of when I was in college and I went to go see the Pixies play and looking around and feeling the vibe at the Pixies concert. That's what it felt like to me. Uh, A song like I Bleed, that it has the energy and that sort of thing and isn't so specifically targeted to a very young audience or a very old audience, but has that power of chaos in it. Wow. Interesting. I'll, I want to know what all that means. Um, I like the Pixies. 
Uh, related to Batman news, Zoe Kravitz has been making some news recently, too. I guess recently it was revealed that she does have a short haircut. So, yeah, she chopped off her hair, uh, and people were She had really long hair. She did. She had longer hair. Well, I will say she wears her hair differently, uh, frequently. She, she, uh, So you're saying there's, uh, extensions going on and things like this? I, she, like, you know, a lot of actresses wear their hair differently all the time. Um, but she, she's worn her hair very differently, but now it is noticeably... Uh, incredibly wow. short. It and, totally looks like year one Selena Kyle. Yeah. So and she, wow, she uh, put up on Instagram a picture of her also with just it says hair and then has scissors next to it um, of the new short short hair, which is uh, great. But she did confirm that uh, it is because of uh, Batman, which people were wondering. Uh, if, she said it was. Yes, so it is for the Batman. And then did you see so there were some quotes about her inspiration for the actual uh, role itself? I will find them. Uh, well, no, yes, she was. She says, yeah. um, she says, I think Catwoman Selena Kyle represents really strong femininity, and I'm excited to dive into that. This was during the TCAs. Uh, she says, I think femininity represents power, and I think it's a different kind of power than masculine power. That's something that's really interesting about Batman and Catwoman. I think Batman represents a very kind of masculine power, and Catwoman represents very feminine power. Slightly more complicated and softer, too. I like the idea that you can be soft, you can be gentle, and still be very powerful, and still be very dangerous. And in the same article uh, that was on comicbook.com, they also, you know, a lot of times at the end of their article, Articles they'll like, I guess, for filler and stuff, like they'll use past quotes related. But they link to a Matt Reeves quote when he was just saying how much he liked year one. He said, We're definitely not doing year one. Yeah. But he's... year one is one of my favorite comic books that I love. We are definitely not doing year one. Uh, but that, that is her hair from year one. I mean, that is a very year one looking I just Selena think she looks well, first of all, her face is so stunning. And when you have a face as stunning as that, Sometimes, like, the, the less hair you have, the better, because you can just focus on, like, how legit gorgeous you are. I Oh, um, believe me. I know. Yeah. Like, Halle Berry pulls off a very short haircut incredibly well, too. Um, uh, again. Na- Natalie Portman pulls off a really great short haircut. So again, again, I know. Yeah, I know you know. Because. I know you know. I know, too. I can pretty much do anything with my hair, and this face is going to be the face. It's like there's so much face. Totally. I've been told that I should like cut off my hair because it's like not fair. Shave it. It's not Shave fair. Shave it all. Too much face. Um, He's a face guy. <laughs> uh, speaking of the power of femininity, um, this was another little thing I saw. Again, doesn't mean much, but Gail Simone, who you know famously kind of like rebranded the Batgirl character, she endorsed Karen Gillan. As Batgirl, which oh, I is a uh, Karen Gillan for everything. Yeah, me, me too, me too. Doctor uh, Who. Oh my God, she was so great at Doctor Who. So she said, uh, as one of Batgirl's longest-running writers, I would totally endorse Karen Gillan as Batgirl. She'd kill as Barbara. Put Cass in there too. I know Karen Gillan's like still very young, but I don't know if I see her as quite a Batgirl though. I mean, isn't Batgirl? Shouldn't she be like kind of like? 1718. I don't know. After what they did with Poison Ivy on Gotham, I don't know anything about ages anymore. So it depends. I, I guess it depends. And Karen Gillan does have a tendency to look incredibly, incredibly young sometimes. Um, what was the thing that I saw her in most recently where I felt like she looked really, uh, really young? 
Um, not really young like a, a kid, but young like she could totally be an 18-year-old. And it's so weird that like she's done so well as Nebula, but like she's just under complete makeup in Nebula. I know. So it's like it's – I know. I think most people probably don't even know uh, who she that, – that that's her under there. Right. I mean she um, gets – Yeah, in- obviously Jumanji she was uh, excellent in too. She's really fun there. Um, Stuber. Stuber was what Thunder God agrees with me. Thunder God, Kiro 770. Okay. Isn't Karen too old? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, she's not old, but like Batgirl. There seems, seems to be something implied there. Um, well, Supergirl. Oh, Supergirl. I mean, do we even go into TV time? Did we ever leave? No, I'm just saying like Batgirl, Supergirl. I know. Age, but now I'm really contending with like where do we go from here within I the know. show because we opened TV time, we didn't close it back up, we never went anywhere. Okay, yeah, we're in it. We're in it. that's we're what producers do. He made a decision, baby. Yeah, Karen Gillan is 32. Oh, that's really 32 is not bad, girl. You're 32 year olds play high schoolers on the CW all the time, Adam. Oh. Speaking of which, what do you think about the fact that the CW-verse is a whole... That's Earth Prime. Like, CW... So, Black Lightning. So... I know. Um, so, Superman. Tyler Hecklin's Superman, which, by the way... Uh, and is, Lois. Uh, and Lois. That series has been picked up. So, yeah. there will be a new Superman series, which... And they have two sons. So, so okay. So, two sons was also a result of the crisis? I guess. Because the same way that uh, with Diggle... Having his daughter back was a result of the crisis. Right. So they had one kid because didn't want, isn't that why Superman like left the planet to go raise his kid? But they have two kids. But now they have two, two kids. Two sons. So it's going to be yes. Lois, Superman, and Super Babies. Yeah. So that's kind of funny because that was one of my, my least favorite things in Superman Returns was this like strange like um, uh, 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 love child that Lois had. And now that's way canon. That's- and the, uh, the Canary Show, which is getting a backdoor pilot this week. Um, we will be finally seeing what they're doing with that. But So it- somehow Arrow is leaving, but there's more DC shows. How does CW have endless room for more C- for more DC properties? And welcome Stargirl as well, which got a little bit of a, a footage this week. So. Oh, that, yeah, that was cool, actually. And that's yeah. kind of a D- uh, CW, kind of not, as it's going to be in multiple different places. But this was the CW version of the trailer uh, that we got. So go check that out. Um, um, yes, CW is popping. Also, uh, the Seed. There's a there's a Deathstroke show on Seed that you can watch right now. Yeah, they, uh, Seed does a pretty good job. Um, I remember I really liked what they did with Vixen and uh, CW Seed. Man, they got a lot going on. Has anybody in the chat rolls anybody watched the Deathstroke show on Seed yet? I have I have not, but I'm curious what you guys have to say. Speaking of animated things, what about the fact that James Wan is executive producing an Aquaman show? Where did that come from? And also, it's apparently the like picking up where the movie leaves off, which... So does that mean Momoa is going to voice it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he would. Like, you mean just... You, you mean like you just, in theory, you think he might if things worked out? I guess they sort of have to pay him a lot of money yeah. to do that. <laughs> Like I mean, I just like any guy who wears like a tank top to the Golden Globes. I so feel like good. is kind of down to do. Yeah, man, whatever. Totally. Baby, I'll knock it out in an afternoon. On my phone, I'll like send you the no- voice notes. I see. I really like this idea, though. I liked. 
I like the idea of a continuation of the Aquaman story, like kind of filling in the gap, almost like what Star Wars does with their novels and stuff. I wasn't as into this story. Tell me why. I typically don't love animated series unless they are that more adult, raunchy, like the Harley Quinn show, which I'm just completely obsessed with on uh, DC Universe. Young Justice isn't your bag so much? No, it's not. And everybody loves Young Justice, so I know it's the best version of what it can do, but... Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's just not for me. I understand why somebody would want it, but this one's not for me. Can I ask a quick question about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I found this really interesting because James Wan producing, and it's a mini-series for, for this well, Aquaman th- show. I think that's the thing, Ryan, that made me excited for it. Because it's not a thing that needs to go on. Miniseries doesn't even mean anything anymore, though, guys. Like, I don't even know how to differentiate what's a miniseries, considering, like... American Horror Story is a miniseries. It's an anthology. But it's also always nominated in a miniseries. Well, that but that's it's an awards category a, thing. But it, 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 it plugs itself. It says that we're a miniseries. Okay. You know? So there are all of these shows, I guess what Big I'm, Little Lies, miniseries. Right. So, I mean, I don't even know what, what does miniseries mean. It literally means an abridged series. So you could actually have eight episodes of a show that lasts ten seasons, and it's still considered a miniseries. So I don't. I I hear what you guys are saying, mm-hmm. and if they actually like stick to the term and how it was originally intended, that might mean something. But for me, when something's announced as a miniseries now, I literally take that with such a grain of salt because it doesn't mean anything. Well, let's tie this into another subject that we have to talk about. Do, does Watchmen then get nominated as a miniseries? Uh, maybe because right now, um, Watchmen. We've heard Damon Lindelof say kind of coyly, like, "I had this idea. I don't have another idea. I'm not jumping into another idea unless I have it." And we were really hearing at the beginning of this week that season two is just not happening. They're not going to push Lindelof into it. Makes sense because HBO is clearly in the Lindelof business. And they're going to follow what the creator wants to do. Again, kind of like what we were talking about Joker with. Um, does this surprise you, hearing this more uh, final like that, Roxy? It doesn't really mean anything again. Because, like, Ooh. I think that if Lindelof ends up having an idea, if something strikes him and he has some kind of idea for another Watchmen season, um, then he'll do it. Or if another creator does, then maybe they'll get Lindelof's blessing, you know? This could be a um, true detective situation. Also another... Miniseries. That's such a good point. I feel like the, it's a little different from the Aquaman miniseries depiction. Like they're going into Aquaman with that. Hey, it's a miniseries in mind. Do you know where it's uh, airing? Somebody w- was asking in the chat room. The Aquaman one. Yeah. HBO Max. Okay. It's a whole nother bag well, of worms. That brings us into our uh, another subject that we have to talk to. It's all intertwined on TV time, and that's what we're hearing is that. Uh, the HBO Max DC Universe thing it's not necessarily as figured out as we thought it was we're confused because they're confused yeah guys if you're confused it's because they're confused yeah because I keep saying I'm confused can somebody tell me what's up and the reason they're not telling us what's up is because they don't know what's up we're, well I, I heard most recently that now Doom Patrol and Titans uh, might premiere on DC Universe and then go to HBO Max. So HBO Max's content chief, uh, Kevin Riley, said, we're working out what those mechanics are. We have to figure out those two subscriptions, and we haven't worked out the mechanics of what that's going to look like. If you don't give enough of an exclusive reason for DC Universe to grow, 
it will not grow. And I, I would imagine that subscribership, I, I really do wonder, has it stagnated? Has it fallen off? I'd like to know where it is because they're not pumping in what the future is going to be. All we keep hearing is like HBO Max and yeah, no, it's still there. We want them to be there. But yeah. like an Aquaman miniseries, you're telling me that's not going to debut on DC Universe? Like That's, that's so strange. Uh, the other thing that people were curious about was Audience Network, what was going to happen there because um, it, it was announced that it was shutting down as a home right. for original content. Um, so series like Mr. Mercedes and Louder Milk are kind of in limbo. And Riley said that's being sorted out right now. They had some good shows there. We'll see what happens once they get through that process. You know, so, like, on it's not just DC that they're confused about. It seems like they're just trying to place things in general. Uh, but yeah, for for Aquaman to not be on a DC, that's not a DC thing. It's like then yeah. what is a DC? It thing? does sort of project that they've kind of lost the faith or the experiment or they're they're shifting or something. And again, I really hope this platform doesn't go away. But you can't continue to charge the same thing for it. Uh, if you're not, you know, bolstering it with lots of new content. And, yeah. and it's just weird to be like, so I have DC Universe and I can't watch your Green Lantern show. Like, if I only have DC Universe and I don't have HBO Max, how dare you? How dare you, sir, not let me watch a Green Lantern show when I've been a patient subscriber. I know. Giving my money. I, 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 I withstood all the people making fun of the Green Lantern movie, all my Marvel friends, and this is how you repay me? Totally. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Here's what I also will say, though, Adam. I don't know if you heard these rumors today, and again, this is across the pond, but I swear I will loop it back in. Oh, that, we're going to England, so this Lu- is good. Lucasfilm reportedly canceled the Obi-Wan series today. I, uh, what? The, that is, Sorry. Yeah, that what? is something. But th- it's not been confirmed, um, but there are rumors that okay. the Obi-Wan Ryan has just left the booth, guys. We're, we're flying on our own. Um, and the only reason I bring that up is to say that you never know. Because that, that series seemed like a sure thing. And who knows if it actually is going to be canceled. It's rumors at the moment, but supposedly that's what's happening. Uh, so HBO Max, they might there might be... Uh, Aquaman, they might decide, actually, no, that's going over to DC. Actually, no, the Aquaman thing is not going to happen. Actually, it's going to happen in five years from now. Like, none of these announcements are set in stone until we see them. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I am curious. Oh, So, and again, just to circle back, I know this is a very circuitous path we're doing here, but um, Casey Bloys, who is the head of programming at HBO, was just kind of clarifying that it's not like HBO canceled Watchmen. The status is the same as it has been. Um, and I think, and they tried to tell us that going into it, they tried to say from day one, this is going to be the only season of Watchmen. We just all didn't believe them because when something gets views and money, we think that they'll give us more. Yes, I guess the the idea was like contractually, are they holding the actors? Are they releasing the actors and let them do their own thing? So I think actors are probably going to be allowed to continue to do what they do. But again, this is what you know. Speaking of across the pond, this is what they do so well in England. This is what HBO has historically done with their great shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, don't keep it like, I need another season next season. Like, no one did anything with Watchmen for over 20 years, you know, before there was, like, the movie or certainly, like, the after comics. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think, like, between 86 and, like, 2000-something, like, those that Watchmen wasn't touched. So, it you know, it's ridiculous to think... Man, we got to crank it out again, same time next year. Like it should only happen when it when it needs to happen. I agree. I, when you're moved to do so. When you're moved to do so. And I mean, I, think about the comeback. The, did you ever watch that show? I watched 
all that show except when it came back really the comeback was incredible but it was uh that was for different reasons but they came back what it was like 14 years later yeah another season and then it didn't do well at that but but this show was amazing still so i'm just saying like things can things can come back pun intended at any time again um for all of you guys in the chat the the uh obi-wan thing is not confirmed uh but it is a, like I said, a rumor coming from an uh, an iffy source. And if you really want to see Obi Wan, you can see uh, Ewan McGregor in Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of, of One, one Harley Quinn. Opening soon, so we'll have more word for you on that. I will not be around uh, the next week or so, but uh, you can find me at Adam Gertler um, online, all kinds of places. Go to Doghouse. You'll have one of the best burgers, sausages, hot dogs, fried chicken sandwiches in your life. Let me know. Or if you get a Ninja Foodie and you want to know how to use it, let me know. I'm here to help. I love you. Roxy, talk to the people. I'm everywhere at Roxy Stryer. I'm trying to get to 20,000 subscribers on my YouTube right now. YouTube.com slash Roxy Stryer. We're at 19 point something, so we can do this, rock stars. Um, and also, you'll be seeing more of Adam and I together uh, doing all things Schmodown. Oh, really I can't exciting. wait. I can't wait to domination. I'm still Potter Pure, by the way. That's not going to change. Ryan in the booth, thank you so much, a wonderful producer. Sorry for the near heart attack Oh, the Obi-Wan series. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this after the show, Ryan. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time on DC Movie News. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principal.